Hey, good morning, everybody. This is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us for our Sunday morning pre-recorded worship service. Today, we're going to be back in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, where it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. That's going to be the theme for our morning, and I'm excited to walk through this morning together with you. Throughout this morning's service, I want to invite you to engage the questions and scripture through conversation or journaling. When you see a big asterisk symbol on your screen, it's your clue to get ready to pause the video and have a conversation. Or if you're alone, get out a piece of paper or a journal and a pen or pencil and just spend some time writing some thoughts or reflections that have to do with the questions that you're prompted or the scripture that's on the screen. Now, I'm a dad and I'm a husband uh, as well as a pastor, and I know how difficult it can be to try and worship in a meaningful way at home. For whatever reason, um, when it comes to family time and trying to have a worship service, there's all sorts of difficulties, whether it's the kids running around or different, different distractions that happen. I, I don't know about you, but I miss just walking into the sanctuary and having the people of God singing together and building an atmosphere together that's really easy to access God's presence. But even in your home, um, you can walk in the dominion and the authority that Jesus has invited you to. And what I want to specifically invite you to this morning is to minister to the Lord. Chew on that for a moment. Minister to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is inviting you and I today, wherever we're at in our homes, whether you're watching this on TV in your living room or on your phone, whether this is on Sunday morning or later, later in the week, this is an opportunity right now in this moment to minister to the Lord. It may seem a little crazy that the God of the universe would desire you to minister to him, but he does. Because he not only sees himself as sovereign and powerful and creator of all, though he certainly is, he also views himself as your creator and your intimate father. And every good father, and God is the best father, there's, there's no question about it. There's no earthly father that compares to him. But every good father longs for time with his children, longs for time, intimate time, with his child. You're the child of God, and today the Lord would have not only a, a desire for quality time with you, but actually the Holy Spirit is inviting you and I to minister to him today. And one of the ways we do that is just by thinking about him, by spending time with him, by praying to him. And so make this a sacred and holy time with the Lord and minister to him. So take a minute you can pause the video here. Invite the Lord's presence into your home. Give thanks to the Lord for the love of Jesus, for friends and family, and for forgiveness and grace. And then after you pause, you can join us as we continue in our service. Once again, this morning's theme comes from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, where it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. We're going to be looking at that theme um, through various uh, stories in the Old Testament. And I wanted to start our service by reading together one of the more beautiful pictures of love covering all offenses. 
If you know the scriptures at all or spend any time in the New Testament, you'll know the story of Peter denying Jesus three times. On the night of Jesus' death, one of his closest friends denies that he even knows Jesus three times. Can you imagine the type of offense that this could have caused in Jesus' life towards Peter? And yet, what does Jesus do? He forgives Peter and then he restores him three times. And it's the love of Jesus that covers the offense and the, result, the resulting shame and nakedness in Peter's life is covered by the love of Jesus. So what I want to invite you to do is stand in your home. Stand as a family. We're going to read out loud this um, story where Jesus restores Peter in John chapter 21, where the love of Jesus covers the offenses of Peter. So would you stand with me? And as a family or just on your own, let's read this out loud together. This is John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Isn't that so beautiful to see Jesus doing this with one of his disciples, just as he's done it with us. When we've denied him or sinned against him, he restores us through his love. So take a few minutes, and I want you to engage these questions as a family or on your own before we get into today's teaching. When is a time that someone in your life forgave you of something significant? Not just a small offense, but something that you really really shouldn't have done that really caused pain, but they forgive you, forgave you for it. How did it make you feel when you received that forgiveness? How did you respond to this forgiveness? Did it help heal any brokenness in the relationship? Take a few minutes to ponder this, to talk about it, and then join us for this morning's teaching. Today we are continuing our series through the book of Proverbs called A Word to the Wise. And what we've been doing through this series is looking at wisdom and how we can be a people of wisdom. And then we've been taking various famous Proverbs or or statements in the Proverbs. We started with chapter one where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom. We looked at the discipline of the Lord a couple weeks ago. We spent time looking at Lady Folly and Lady Wisdom in chapter seven and chapter eight. Today what we're going to be looking at, as we've already touched on at the beginning of our service, is the Proverbs um, chapter 10 verse 12 where it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Before we get into that, just a couple of things to keep in mind as we're going through the Proverbs. One, when we talk about wisdom, it comes from this Hebrew word chokmah. And this is the word that's translated into our English scriptures as the word wisdom. It's also translated with the word skill or knowledge at different times. Because wisdom is more than just information. It's more than just having all of the facts. 
Wisdom is about taking that knowledge and applying it. It's about applied knowledge. Wisdom is also about skillful work. And so in the book of Exodus, the men, the craftsmen that build the tabernacle, according to the design that God gave Moses, are said to have a spirit of wisdom, but it's usually translated as, a, as skill. They're skillful workers filled with God's spirit um, for that skillful work. Wisdom is also a character trait of God, just like love is, just like righteousness. The other uh, famous characteristics of God that we think of, his sovereignty, his authority, his power, all of these things are true. One of his characteristics is also that he is wise. Wisdom is described as God's co-creator, and this is what we looked at when we were in Proverbs chapter 8 through Lady Wisdom, where she says that from the beginning I was with God, the first of his works, and through me he created everything. So God's co-creator is wisdom. And this is brought to life a little bit more in the New Testament when we realize that the person of Christ is the very personification of wisdom. Paul says all the treasures of wisdom God has hidden in Christ. And we also see in the book of Proverbs that wisdom is woven into the very fabric of God's creation. Wisdom is not just knowledge, but it's a way of life. When we walk the path, the way of Jesus, we're walking the path of wisdom because he himself is wisdom in flesh, incarnate wisdom. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. There's two lines in this simple proverb. Hatred stirs up strife is the first part, and the second part, but love covers all offenses. And both of these lines we can see play out from the beginning to the end of the scriptures. So think about this line, hatred stirs up strife. This is a meta-narrative. This is, this is a theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. We see it right at the beginning with Adam and Eve and the hatred of the serpent stirring up strife, not only among Adam and Eve, but between them and God. And one of the parts of the curse that God says is that there's going to be strife between the serpent and between mankind for the remainder of the story until, um, until the Son of Man comes and crushes the serpent. In Genesis chapter 4, the next chapter after the fall is the story of Adam and Eve's two Boys, Cain and Abel. Hatred stirs up strife, says the proverb. Think about that in this story. Cain, jealous, angry, having hatred towards Abel, ends up murdering him and causes all sorts of strife and problems. Or just a few chapters later, in the story of Joseph and his brothers, you know, Joseph's brothers were jealous of Joseph because Jacob loved Joseph and gave him the multicolored robe, this, this fanciful, fancy, um, rich a robe that, that jo, uh, Joseph received as a gift from his father. And all the other brothers are jealous and they have this hatred that builds up within them. And what do they end up doing? They end up selling their brother into slavery, into captivity in Egypt. 
And Genesis chapters 37 all the way to 45 are about this story and what comes of it. Now God takes this evil and as Joseph famously says at the end of Genesis, what, what, what they meant for evil, God intended for good. And so he works through it, but we still see this principle at play. Hatred stirs up strife. Or think about the story of Nabal and David in 1 Samuel chapter 25. This is one of the stories that takes place when David is running from Saul. He's, he's running from his father-in-law who's trying to kill him. And he comes um, in the wilderness, he comes across this man named Nabal. And he takes, David's men take care of Nabal's shepherds. They protect them in the wilderness from bandits. And so David, um, at one of the festivals, one of the feasts, approaches Nabal and asks if he um, can have a gift from Nabal to help feed his men. And Nabal scoffs at him. He has this hatred. His name means he's a foolish man. And so it stirs up this strife. Or maybe one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament about hatred stirring up strife is the story of Rehoboam's foolish decision in 1 Kings chapter 12. Rehoboam was Solomon's heir. After Solomon had died, Rehoboam came to the throne and the people of Israel gathered around him right after his coronation, right after his crowning ceremony, and they ask him to lower and lessen the taxes, lessen the heavy hand that his father Solomon had had upon them. Because Solomon had taxed them and had worked them almost literally to the bone to build the temple and to build his own palace and to make Israel so famous and great and powerful. Solomon had, had enslaved almost the Israel people. And so they come to Rehoboam and they ask him to lighten the load. Now Solomon's advisors, who were now Rehoboam's advisors as well, counseled him to listen to the people. But Rehoboam didn't listen to them. They listened, he listened to his friends, his peers, who said to him, you tell the people that your father Solomon was difficult, but you'll be even more difficult towards them. Your father Solomon taxed the people and whipped them, but you will tax them even more and whip them with scorpions. And so Rehoboam, filled with this sort of latent hatred, um, he goes to the people and he responds in this way. And he ends up losing 10 of the tribes. They revolt and they create a separate kingdom. And that's when um, Israel became two different nations. The nation of Israel in the north and the nation of Judah in the south. Hatred stirs up strife. Think about Judas and the hatred that built in his own heart towards Jesus. Hatred stirs up strife. But that's not the end of the proverb. It says, but... Love covers all offenses. This is also a meta-narrative that we see run through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Just like we see the first part of that proverb um, in lots of different stories play out, we also see God's grace and love play out through forgiveness and the covering of offense over and over again. So right away, in Genesis chapter 3, the story of the fall, the hatred of the serpent has stirred up enmity, has stirred up strife between Adam and Eve, between Adam and Eve and the serpent, between Adam and Eve and God. Now God could have been offended, he could have banished them from the garden, he could have killed them, he could have required their lives, he's creator God, and they disobeyed, they, they didn't listen to his commandments. But what does God do? He kills 
a lamb, sort of the first prototype of sacrifice that we see in the scriptures. And he takes the skin, the wool of this lamb, and he knits for Adam and Eve the first pair of clothing. And he covers their nakedness and he covers their shame. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Or think about a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 9. After the flood narrative, it says that Noah, coming off the boat, he plants a vineyard and he harvested the grapes and made wine and he got drunk and he was laying inside his tent, exposed and naked. And his son comes in, one of his three sons comes in and sees Noah's nakedness and sort of, um, we don't know what exactly happened, but he reveals the nakedness. He shames his father. But the other two brothers, upon hearing this, they take a blanket and they back into the tent so as not to see their father's nakedness. And they lay the blanket over their father, their love for him covering his nakedness. Or think about David um, in another story when he's running from King Saul about all of the times that the love that David had for the Lord, the love that David had for the Lord's anointed one, causes him to cover Saul's offense towards him. Instead of killing Saul, he covers him with love. Or think about the famous story in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus tells, the parable of the prodigal son. What does the father do when his son returns to him in rags? When the son returns to him filled with shame, does the father mock him? Does the father beat him? Does the father cast him out? No, the father runs to him and takes his robe off and covers his son with his robe. Love covers all offenses. Or think about Jesus on the cross looking out at the people who are crucifying him, looking out at the people who are murdering him, looking out at the people who are beating him and spitting upon him and cursing him. And he says, Father, forgive them. Even in the moment of being crucified, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. 1 Corinthians 13 is one of the more famous passages in the scriptures. It's, it's one of those passages that, that gets put on Hallmark um, <laughs> cards or, or on plaques and hung as a bumper sticker on people's cars or in you know, kitchens or around the country and around the world. And it's sort of a cliche. It's been used in movies. It's, it's the wedding text um, where, where Paul's talking about love. Um, at, at my own wedding ceremony, um, uh, Jay McCumber, one of my mentors, uh, officiated the wedding of Julie and I, my wife, and he used this passage, and Jay is anything but cliche, but he chose to use this passage, and what he had us do, and I'll never forget it, is he had us picture Christ on the cross, and then he read it. So what I want to do is to invite you to do the same thing. Picture Christ spread out on the cross, being cursed. Um, and beaten and bruised by all of those around them. Picture him up there alone, abandoned by his closest friends and followers as I read this passage. Picture him saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, 
but have not love, I gain nothing. A picture with me, Jesus, on the cross. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in part, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Before we continue to the end of the service, I'd like to invite you to pause and reflect on the following questions. How has your nakedness been covered by God? How might God be calling you to cover offense through his love? Is there anyone that you are harboring offense towards today? And I would ask that God would be calling you to release that offense and forgive. Before you pause the video, before you engage these questions, let me pray and just ask God to use this word in our lives today. Father, we thank you for your example through Jesus Christ on the cross. We thank you for his perfect living out, his, his walking out of what it means to be a person of love who covers offense. Even on the cross, he forgives. The cross is the perfect picture of these words from the Apostle Paul, that love is patient and it's kind. It hopes all things. It endures to the end. We thank you for loving us through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't the love and forgiveness of Jesus amazing? I think about all of the offenses, all of the ways that you have disobeyed or sinned or transgressed, uh, that, that we've fallen short of his glory, that we have done things that could easily cause him offense. And yet, over and over again, every single morning, every single day, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his redemption, through the cross, he offers us his love, he offers us his forgiveness, and he covers our iniquity, he covers our nakedness, he covers our shame. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Now, the Christian faith is more than just platitudes, it's more than just doctrinal statements, it's actually a way of life that God has called us into. In fact, um, the early Christians called Christianity the way. It's a way of doing life just like Jesus did. So we actually have to put things into practice. And so what I want to do is challenge you this week to come up with a concrete way to put the love of Jesus into practice in your own life. This is our last group activity 
group discussion or time just to reflect um, in our video and then you can join us for the benediction. But I want you to make a concrete plan for a way that you can extend the love of Christ to a family member, neighbor, and coworker in the coming week. Or maybe you won't see each of those categories this week. So just choose one of them, a family member, a neighbor, or a coworker. And it can be in person, or if you're not going to see them in person, it can be through the phone or through a letter. But make a concrete plan that you can extend the love of Christ to this person. And this love, let it be an overflow of the love that God has given you. And who knows how God will use that in their lives to minister to them, to potentially cover up an offense, or just encourage them and strengthen them this week. So take a minute and do that, and then join us for today's benediction. benediction comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. I've been using it throughout this series. It just seems like a timely word for us to remember. So I'd invite you to open your hands to receive the benediction and blessing from God's word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray that you live in abundance and overflow in the love of Jesus Christ today and throughout this week. Have a wonderful day. Go with God. Be blessed.